Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company. We're a movement of artists and patrons who believe in the power of beauty to evangelize our culture. And we're so pumped you're here. Well, I can hardly believe it myself. We are at the end of season six of the Love Good podcast. You know, this whole thing started in 2011. You guys have heard the story, right? 45 City House concert tour in about 60 days, as far west as LA, as far north as Boston, as far south as Tampa. That story is told in much greater detail in previous episodes. So go listen if you're really interested in that. But the, the Love Good podcast started in the fall of 2017. It's crazy to think about right now. That's when we had Jenea Trudell. She has a new last name. She's married now. But she's of Jay and Joe, the amazing Canadian sister duo. Just incredible talent, but also brilliant intellect. And so she co-hosted season one of the podcast. That was like 2017 into about 2018, halfway through. And then we brought in Alana Boudreaux, who co-hosted the entirety of season two. And then beginning in season three, we had our regular contributors like Dr. Ryan Hanning and Jason Craig for a summer, actually. And of course, Father Ryan Adorjan. And more recently, we've been bringing in Marisol Alisea, who has a new last name as well. I think at this point, it's very official. She's Marisol Ross. Very exciting stuff. And here's what's really insane is that this season, okay, season six of the Love Good podcast is going to be the last of its kind. There will be a season seven, do not worry. But season seven is going to mark a significant change and a really exciting transition for Love Good. We're going to be slowly moving away from the podcast, like we've already moved away from social media. To some extent, we've moved away from YouTube as well. And we're going all in on an education platform. In some ways, we're going to be less and less artist-centric and more and more patron-centric. In other words, how can we take the best, right, of artists, musicians, and singer-songwriters who are very much evangelizing through beauty, sometimes even in the most subtle of ways, what can we learn from them in our own approach to evangelizing post-Christian culture as everyday Christians, as ordinary Catholics, as day in and day out disciples of our Lord who very much recognize that the culture is falling apart, that the church has a role to play, obviously in the renewal of culture, but most importantly in the evangelization of souls. So what is this role that beauty plays, particularly in these times? How can we bring it to the forefront of our lives? How can we use it as a tool in our evangelization of a family and of friends and of our ongoing discipleship of our accompaniment with others as well? That's the future of love good. That's not going to be a surprise to anybody who has been on this journey from day one. You've seen these transformations every step of the way. And today, Marisol and I, really, we break it open. This is the last episode of season six because the very beginning of season seven will actually come out in about a month. And that will be very much in tandem with the launch of the education platform. I'll tell you more about that at the end of this episode. But right now, sit tight and enjoy this really insightful and exciting conversation with Marisol as we unpack all of these transformations that have been taking place through the years that are leading to this relaunch of Love Good, this, this new 
brand, not necessarily. We're actually not relaunching the brand, but we are very much relaunching the subscription model and taking our premium content, our digital content to patrons to a whole new level. And specifically in the form of what we're going to call and what will soon be announced and soon be launched as Love Good Academy, the premier education or formation platform for everyday Christians who want to evangelize our post-Christian culture with the help of beauty. So hang tight. I'll be back in just a moment with Marisol Ross. Welcome to the Love Good Podcast, Jimmy Mitchell. Well, thank you, Marisol. It's good to be here. It is good to be here, too. So this is our last episode of the Love Good Podcast, at least for season six. And probably... Forever. I mean... For a while. For a while, at least. Season seven, we've not really gotten into yet, but it's going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to explain to us how season seven is going to be different? Save that for the very end. Okay. I will happily answer that. Well, I'm just going to take a note. I'm just kidding. I know to ask that at the very end. So, Jimmy, a lot of changes are happening in Love Good. I mean, you were just giggling a couple minutes ago. And I asked giggling? you. Giggling? Okay. It was more like a little chuckle. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I asked you why you were chuckling. And you said you just love your life in Tampa. Mm. And that was why you were chuckling. It's because I'm going to like a country club with a bunch of people on a beach. Oh, this yeah. Weekend. I know. And that's just like what you do in Florida. And it's just real. I like everyone that I see that asks how you're doing. I'm just like, I've literally never seen him so happy. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's just great. This is just what the Lord has done in the past year. But because of that, because of a few things, a lot of really big changes are happening in Love Good. Yeah. Really exciting, really beautiful, obviously, very like intentional and led by prayer and also just by like feedback from patrons and all of that. But would you like to explain to us like a little bit of what's changing? where that's really come from, like what's really happened in this past year that has really, really jump-started this? Well, my mind always goes to a conversation I had with some of our oldest patrons, mm. the Dalbums yeah. in Wichita, Kansas. And it was probably four or five years ago, we were kind of relaunching and rebranding a little bit. And we'd pulled back on some language that we had been using a lot up until that point. And it was very intentional. I think we had pulled back almost too hard mm. Because the Dalvins were basically saying, you know, over the phone one day, Jimmy, like, Love Good has always been a philosophical movement. You got to own that. You can't pretend that you're not trying to transform the world. You can't pretend that you're not trying to evangelize the culture. And that's always been a tension and a dynamic for us of knowing how to do it without constantly wearing it on our sleeves, right? In the early days, Love Good wasn't love good culture. It was just love good music. And it was a glorified CD of the month club. And we were trying to support great artists, you know, Mm -hmm. Adam and I, Kevin Hyder, Chris Cole, Alana Boudreaux, Sam Knight. I mean, a bunch of artists that only our 
oldest standing patrons would know at this point. With the exception of people like Kevin, who are still very much at it, you know? Those days were simple because the vision was, let's create a space where these artists can be free in their craft. And meanwhile, there was this other thing happening called Mysterium. Again, Lovegood was very much about music and house concerts and sending CDs to people that they would never, ever have access to otherwise. It may never come into existence otherwise. Well, let's face it, in the last 10 years, does anybody still drive a car that has a CD player in it? I do. Yeah. But I don't can't tell you the last time I remember that I used that CD player, yeah, to I, be totally I, honest. I think that's true for a lot of us. That's been a huge change. Many of the artists that we were working with in the early days aren't necessarily doing music full-time anymore. That's true. Especially over the last couple of years. There's a lot of political unrest mm-hmm. and social turmoil. It the became, world's just changed so drastically. It's really like brought out a lot in people. 100%. In the same way that this era that we've just lived through, this kind of time of crisis has showed the world, or I should say revealed the world for what it really is. I'm kind of ready in the exact same way to pull no more punches and and to reveal love good for all that it is. Mm-hmm. And I, again, anybody who's in deep, especially our patrons, they've understood this from day one. Now let's just go ahead and boldly proclaim it to the world that we exist for no other reason than to bring about and facilitate and encourage and empower the full evangelization of of our of our culture. Now, love good is very small compared to the culture. You know, we're, we're not a big political entity. We're not a big cultural shaker and mover. We are about people coming together and living life well together as Christians who live, for example, these principles that we're about to unpack in season seven of the podcast. We'll come back to that. We're going to unpack them even more deeply in the launch of this education platform. Yeah, but these are principles we've been talking about with our apprentices from day one. They're principles that we totally pulled back the veil on in our initial 12-week series back at the initial outbreak of the coronavirus. It's interesting because I think the transition is very, very obvious to people at the Dalbums who knew from day one we were a philosophical movement anyways. Mm -hmm. Anybody who never got past our elevator pitch is maybe scratching their head or just our Instagram, probably wondering what the heck. But this is kind of what we've been from day one, and now we're just going real bold and public about it. Yeah. So very practically, Jimmy, what does this look like for our patrons and for Love Good moving forward? Like what? Sadly, sadly, I I have to start with this. We're not going to send any more CDs. No more CDs, everybody. No more CDs. This is going to be hardest for Kevin Heider. I know. I was about to say, we. I want to personally apologize to Kevin Heider right now. Yeah. We just can't make it work because no. those CDs pretty much don't exist anymore. Yeah. And frankly, it does in some way affect our ability to invest more heavily in the things that our patrons really do need and really do want right now when it comes to products and resources and formation that helps them evangelize through beauty, right? So practically speaking, no more CDs. If I'm not mistaken, even a lot of our work with visual artists, we're going to pull back on that a little bit. You know, we're still going to have vinyl records. We're still going to have coffee. Thanks be to God. There's a lot about our seasonal packages that are going to move forward untouched, but the focus is more and more on formation, which means the book that we put in the package is going to be more intentional than ever before. And it's going to be attached always to a brand new course that's now part of Love Good Academy, this ongoing formation platform, this ongoing education platform that will empower all of us and inspire us constantly 
in the evangelization of our post-Christian culture, mm-hmm. right? Now, again, all that language right there that I used, we were using in-house from day one. Absolutely. But I can it, vouch for that. But it didn't appear in that summer tour in 2013 mm-hmm. when we were emceeing house concerts. It didn't appear on the, the front page of our website at any point until more recently. But this has been the heart of it. And I think this is probably where the devil having shown his hand, <laughs> we're ready to show ours, which is the subtle evangelization of culture that we have been engaged in up until this point is no longer what is needed. I do believe in subtlety. I do believe in naturalness. I do believe that. Yeah, you know, we're, don't expect us to be like cheesy about it by any means. But but leading with beauty is always going to be the name of the game for us. Now we're just going to be so much more bold about all of the truth and all of the depth that undergirds that beauty mm-hmm. that ultimately points to the person of Jesus Christ, who is the truth we all long for, that beauty conditions us to encounter in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Bold and evangelical might be the words that best kind of capture this new branding or this new sort of version of love good that again has been at the heart of it from day one. Yeah, and I feel like one way to also characterize this change too is I feel like we've always talked about leading with beauty, leading with beauty, leading with beauty. And I feel like for a lot of people, we would lead them and then kind of stop. Right. Then with other people, like our apprentices, with the young people in our discipleship groups, we were definitely like taking them on the whole journey. But now we really want to take all of our patrons and invite them on that whole journey of what it means to be a saint instead of just like showing them some beauty and hoping to invite them and then not necessarily following through on that journey with them. Whereas now we hope to be able to follow through with many more people. And some of that will not only be the books that we provide and the packages and the education platform and the new courses that release, but even the vision for discipleship that right now we're living, but not talking about enough. Mm. I mean, yeah, we talk about it on the podcast, but that's really it. But even there, it was never like, this is how you form Mm -hmm. a group of friends who are intentionally growing in discipleship and holiness together. Mm -hmm. Again, I think this is where we've always been a little bit like, oh, I want it to be organic. But at a certain point, St. Benedict wrote it down for a reason. Yeah, it's true. At a certain (laughs) point, Lovegood needs to write it down and pass on this vision for Catholic culture, for Christian discipleship that the world is desperate for right now. And that we're kind of taking for granted because we're so used to living it in our homes in Nashville, at this school in Jesuit, within your soon-to-be newly married life. It's easy to take it for granted and to talk around these things. Now we're saying, no, this is actually how we can all live this together. Mm -hmm. Even if you only have access to Love Good via a podcast, via an education platform, you can live this life of community and discipleship and holiness as well. So we're gonna get more practical, definitely more bold, and definitely more practical, and I would say much more evangelical, mm-hmm. which again, what does that mean? Sort of intentional spreading of the gospel. Absolutely. Right? Because I just think all the bets are off at this point. Yeah. We don't know when the world's going to end. <laughs> what do you mean we never well, knew when the world was going to end? It's always been the case. <laughs> it's always been the case. But somewhere in the last few years, I, really ever since my brother passed away, mm. I've not been able to live life without some anticipation of death. Yeah. And therefore, every day, every decision is colored by this reality that, well, I don't know if I have tomorrow. I don't know if I have tomorrow. I don't want to miss a single opportunity to help Jesus save a single soul. I mean, let's just roll back the tape here for a second. Yeah. 
these were not the kind of conversations that I even allowed myself to have on season one, co-hosted by Janae Trudell, season two of the podcast, co-hosted by Alana Boudreau. We were trying to do this very beautiful thing, which was being so deeply ingrained in the faith that it was sort of impregnating everything, but not necessarily this explicit talking point. You know, thinking again about the way Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings. It was just so imbued. His faith is so imbued in his artistry, right? And I do think there is a power when it comes to art and music and literature in doing that, right? But in terms of how we live our lives, in terms of how we talk about things, I think subtlety has a place. Yeah, there's gotta be be more. It can't be the... The stopping place. Yeah, like if Lord of the Rings was the only spiritual reading you ever did in your entire life. You'd be screwed. You'd be really missing out. And there was It's a, a great way to start and yeah. it's a great way to go deep, but it's not going to give you what you need to live a life of intentionality. And if you sat down with Tolkien, <laughs> come on. You're you not going to talk about Frodo the whole no, time. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> probably not at all. You, yeah. would, you would know how boldly Catholic he was. Absolutely. You would know how deeply in love he was with the Eucharist and with the Blessed Mother. Mm. You would know his faith was spilling out constantly, you know, not only in his artistry, but in his language, in his friendship, in his living of life. They say that after the Second Vatican Council, he just really never adjusted to the lack of Latin in the liturgy. And so whenever they would get to certain points in the Eucharistic prayer, he would just start shouting it in Latin. No way. You never heard this story? I've never heard that. The man was way bolder than we gave him credit for. And so I think this is the reality is you're right. We've talked about beauty as an entry point very, very well and very, very consistently now for eight years, Mm -hmm. nine years almost. It's time to break open the truth that that beauty was conditioning us for, was predisposing our soul for, was preparing us to encounter all along. Mm -hmm. It would be sort of like never getting past John the Baptist in the gospel. That'd be very sad. Yeah. To only ever be preparing a way, but never actually giving people the encounter. Mm-hmm. And the encounter is with a person and that person is Jesus Christ. And he is the truth par excellence, right? Yeah. I'm excited because this first course will be an unpacking of a book that I've been working on for way too long. These principles of what we, at one point called the art of being human, but that I would just call principles for the evangelization of a post-Christian culture, mm-hmm. which does imply the culture was once Christian. Yeah. And, and America. And also implies and that it's Europe, not anymore. <laughs> and that's exactly where we're at. Yeah. So what does it look like for us to play our part at this particular moment in human history, in church history? I believe it looks a lot like what love good patrons are living day in and day out themselves. Absolutely. So h- how do we grow and how do we deepen what's already happening? That's what this is about. Absolutely. One question that I had, I'm sure we've made an announcement about this and Anyone that follows us on social media has recognized that we've very dramatically stepped back from social media. And there's a lot of reasons for that. How would you summarize those reasons and like the decision to do that and all of that? Because it's kind of bold. I mean, a lot of businesses don't run without social media these days. I will say every artist I've talked to that I've mentioned it to, they're like, that's amazing. Yeah. I want to try that. That's so cool. There's an economic approach to this question. And that is opportunity cost. Yeah, absolutely. Every minute, every hour, every combined day that we have spent on social media, planning, scheduling, preparing, posting, those are just precious moments lost forever. You know, that we weren't 
engaged in friendship and conversation about things that really matter. And I will add to every minute someone spends looking at our social media is another thing too. Yeah. So I I have to say part of this has been a very practical economic decision of this doesn't seem like the best place to be spending our time. If we are serious about the evangelization of culture. Absolutely. I just think social media is fantasy land. Mm -hmm. And it blows my mind that people have built their entire careers on social media. That's amazing. It also blows my mind that people can somehow maintain friendship and a sense of belonging and community on social media. I suppose that's fine, but I can't imagine that that will ever, ever, ever be what it actually pretends it it can be. That we all forever need flesh and blood community and reality. And I think Love Goods just making the bold decision we made it months ago to pull back, especially given that big tech has really become an arbiter of truth and a purveyor of culture that I don't trust anymore. Oh, absolutely. Social media, I think, used to even be like a legitimate way Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. show people something true. And now I feel like... I feel manipulated by the algorithms. I don't want to get involved. Oh, I absolutely feel so manipulated. At a certain point, don't know that I can trust that free speech is really a value on social media. Oh, not on social media at all. So we're at a point where the institution of social media, if you want to call it that, became untrustworthy. Absolutely. The practical sort of cost of what it meant for us as love good was too high. Yeah. And uh, And just even for people that don't do this very often, might not even know that like you actually have to spend a lot of money to make sure that your post is even seen. Yeah, no, it's just ridiculous. And we even mentioned a few seasons back that like we don't want, we won't spend any money on Instagram or Facebook anymore. And that has made the algorithm go totally against us. And people don't see our stuff. Yeah, Like haven't seen our stuff in a while. I mean, we've been off it for a few months, but before that people had not seen it in a while because we refused to pay Mm -hmm. to get people to see it. Mm -hmm. Totally. So, yeah, social media has been something that we have talked about and navigated for years. And now we're just done. Which feels great. It feels great. I kind of got off in a personal way about a year ago. Yeah. I mean, I post like once a week at best right now. I'm way happier. And this is a constant conversation with young people. As soon as they give up social media, even really just give up their phones for a few days or for a week Mm -hmm. at a time, they're just so much happier. It's the cause of so much anxiety and stress in the world today. Yeah. I've had people tell me at conferences too, like, oh, love good's the only reason that I'm on social media. And I'm like, I, know. I would like to take away that reason. Yeah. <laughs> that is not a good enough reason. <laughs> totally agree. I totally um, agree. Okay. So let's get into the practicals a little bit more. What exactly will patronage look like for mm. our love good patrons moving forward? Yeah. So as I mentioned, there's still going to be some constants. Yeah. Like the vinyl records. Well, for the first main constant is the philosophy. Of course. The practical constants are yep. the package. The package. And, you know, I'm at a point where I'm, I'm actually kind of collecting vinyl records and loving it. I have a beautiful sound system at my little home in Florida, and I probably listen to music on vinyl as much as I listen to it on Spotify. So there's a physical reality there, pulling a vinyl out, placing it on a record. uh, Which is much better than the physical reality you get on a CD. Yes. And even just, you know, when friends come over and they they see their record spinning and the whole experience, it's tangible. It's kind of incarnational if you want to use that word, you know. That has felt right in the Love Good universe for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I hope it continues to be as popular as it is right now because... Part of this is a lot of artists are putting out vinyl records. Yeah. And so we're able to do a lot with that right now. 
nobody's putting out CDs. Sorry. It's just, it's a done and dusted reality. Absolutely. You know? Some people um, are coming back to cassettes though. I will say that. That's not going to be me anytime soon. Dustin Hollow just put their whole album on cassettes. That's cool. It's very But cool. they're also doing vinyl. Vinyl mm-hmm. is really the main way. We are going to still put out really cool, probably much more uh, premium merchandise and apparel, mm. which I'm excited about. Yeah. You know, I think there's something about uh, being able to sort of uh, wear a shirt or a beanie or drink out of a mason jar that sparks conversation. Hey, yeah. tell me about that. Tell me about that symbol. What is that? Yeah. And suddenly you get to This talk is also about, a main constant. This isn't going anywhere. Yeah, no, the logo is definitely going nowhere. I mean, the arrow of beauty. I practically spent a whole chapter of my book just talking about the arrow of beauty that wounds the soul and that really reveals to us what it means to be human, or at least it piques the the desire that we all have to live a full life, right? And that's not just what art and music and good culture does. It's what our lives are meant to be. Yeah, We're meant to be those arrows that pierce people, that wake them up, that arouse them from their slumber mm-hmm. and ultimately points them to Christ, the one who gives them all of their life anyways, right? So yes, the packages are going to continue to be awesome. They're going to continue to release seasonally in conjunction with a new course in an education platform that we're going to call Love Good Academy. At a certain point, patronage will allow for more and more of that content to be accessed based on its level, uh, which is really cool. I don't think we're that far off from hosting what we're going to call masterminds. We've talked about that forever ago, but there's people who are not only trying to just build culture amongst their friends or even within their family, but who are leading massive organizations or universities and want to get together with like-minded leaders who are trying to lead with that kind of vision for culture as well. So to be able to get those kinds of folks together to share best practices and to build friendship at that high level, but to really empower them to be those evangelical cultural leaders that they want to be. So that's what's exciting is we're expanding really and and deepening the content. We're also going to be able to offer things we've never really done up until this point. Will we continue to do live stream retreats and concerts? Maybe Mm -hmm. here and there. But to be fair, they have not been well attended recently. No. Recently, because we're all back to living life again. Yeah, you know, no was, one wants to be behind a screen anymore. It was great during <laughs> you know the pandemic. Yeah, it has not been nearly as fruitful since, which I took as a, a really good sign that people are back living their lives. Mm-hmm. Will we continue to do house concerts? We're going to definitely want to be associated with every house concert any of our patrons ever pull off. But do we have to be involved? I don't think so. This is what's exciting is we've we've now done enough of this vision casting and embodiment of love good down through the years that people can pull these kinds of things off without us. Oh, absolutely. They, they don't need Marisol and and an artist to show up to pull off a great night of culture. Oh, of course not. And this is part of what I'm excited about. We haven't really developed this yet, but how can we create more and more resources that that empower people to host house concerts and to host parties and gatherings that really embody love good culture without us even having to be there, Mm -hmm. which is way more sustainable anyways. So I, I think to all the questions about where we have been and what we have done up until this point, the answer is frankly, yes, yes, and more yes, because 
this is now so much a part of people's lives that it's not going to change because what we offer in a seasonal package is changing. Yeah. It's going deeper than ever before. It's expanding farther than ever before and providing far more depth of formation to help people live it even without us showing up once a year or twice a year uh, than ever before. Yeah. One thing I just like wanted to bring up, which you just mentioned so beautifully of just like, people can do this on their own. They don't need Lovegood is also my relationship with Lovegood's changing too, because I'll not be working for Lovegood anymore, which is beautiful because everything that you're saying brings true for my life as well. I'm not going to stop doing house concerts. I'm not going to stop like living in the way we have proposed, I would never consider myself not part of the movement anymore. I'd probably be a patron until the day I die. But um, <laughs> but like, yeah, when I think about this transition out, I don't ever envision any moment where I don't feel that I'm part of the Love Good community anymore because you and I have always known that it's never just been you and me. It's always been this movement of people around us. And I love the way that my years of Love Give have completely shaped the way I live my life and how that doesn't even feel like it's shifting at all. Like the philosophy is the same, the practicals are changing and which is so, so beautiful as I transition into my new career and new life and new vocation and all of that. Well, well said, by the way, and this is a phrase we used to use a lot. How do we turn a standard for music, yeah. books, and art into a way of life? Well, that was a question we were frankly and consistently asking three or four years ago. Now it's just kind of happening. Yeah. So what is this education platform about? It's about putting into words and into a curriculum that way of life. Yeah. That way of life that now all of us can continue to embrace and and deepen and apply and then pass on. Oh, by the way, you did just kind of drop the mic. I mean, that's sort of a sad <laughs> and very sudden announcement. I mean, it had to be said. It did have to be said. So we've only got a few moments left in this episode. I, I want to transition back into the the host and the interviewer and, and, and ask <laughs> you one final question. Yeah. When you look back at these last three years, if you had to put your, your finger on the pulse of what has kept you in the saddle mm. those three years and, and frankly allowed you to have an incredible versatility in what you have given to Love Good, what you have provided others on behalf of Love Good, what you have been a part of spearheading. There's been a lot of different things. Your skills have just totally exploded and expanded often out of total necessity. You know, (laughs) We've had a startup culture and mentality from day one, and and you've been an amazing part of that, an absolutely integral, central part of that. But if you had to put your finger on the pulse of what kept you here and what makes you say, I'll be a patron till the day I die, which no expectation for that, by the way, (laughs) that'd be great. What is it? What is it that keeps your heart attached to that mission that is love good? Yeah, I think I've said this countless times, but definitely like our patrons. Yeah, our patrons and seeing the way that, seeing the truth in what we live and say and talk about around around the office, seeing the truth of that lived out in the homes of our patrons has always resonated and kept me going so much. Trying to think about their needs, trying to think about what we can do to like help facilitate this culture that I see already happening with these people. That definitely has just been like also the most transforming thing for me. The thing that has helped me grow and change in these past three years and has made me 
excited to like, yeah, we we talk about a lot. I don't like new things. And this job has brought me a lot of new things that I've had to learn how to do. That's what motivates me to want to do those things. It's like, okay, well, this is, this is a need and this is something that I want to offer. It's really cool. I want to offer you a tribute <laughs> via C.S. Lewis that I think captures exactly what you're describing mm. amongst our patrons, but that you epitomize. And we've probably even shared this on the podcast before, but it bears repeating. Of course. Which is, out of mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis's description of what a Christian should be. He describes Christian as these new men, you know, dotted across the earth. What they look like, how they're different, and how they will change the world by just simply living the fullness of the faith well, right? And I quote, Already the new men are dotted here and there all over the earth. Some, as I have admitted, are still hardly recognizable, but others can be recognized. Every now and then one meets them. Their very voices and faces are different from ours. Stronger, quieter, happier, more radiant. They begin where most of us leave off. They are, I say, recognizable, but you must know what to look for. They will not be very much like the idea of religious people, which you have formed from your general reading. They don't draw attention to themselves. You tend to think that you are being kind to them when they are really being kind to you. They love you more than other men do, but they need you less. They will usually seem to have a lot of time and you'll wonder where it comes from. When you have recognized one of them, you will recognize the next one much more easily. In that, to become holy is rather like joining a secret society. To put it at the very lowest, it must be great fun. Mm, beautiful. End quote. Yeah, I think that our That's patrons... Marisol Alisea, oh. uh, Ross, Marisol Ross mm. in a nutshell. Those are our patrons in a nutshell. It's everything that we're aspiring to be, not very much like the religious people that we've come to expect, right? But these people who love us more and need us less, who seem to have all the time in the world, and yet are some of the most industrious, hardworking, responsible people you've ever met, who at the very least make Christianity look like a great deal of fun. That to me is the aim. And it's been what we've built love good upon from day one. It's just very sad to think that you're descending your your queenly throne. Oh yeah, it's true. I mean, I'll always be a queen, you know? Yeah, well, it's, still, it's especially I'll, true in the case of Garrett. I mean, he's going to be... I also don't, I don't see the foresee Queen of Lovegood coming anytime soon. So I think I can still hold the <laughs> throne even though I'm not still working for Lovegood. I love it. I love it. Well, Marisol, on behalf of all of our patrons in these last three years of apprentices and house concerts and just mm. countless ins and outs and ebbs and flows, thank you from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> and uh, what, a, what a great adventure it's been. Yeah, and I just want to say thank you uh, first to our patrons just for inviting me into your home and for really like helping me, like I've said, to really learn what it means to be human and to live these realities that we talk about so much on the podcast and here. Our patrons have been the ones that have shown me how to do it, which is funny because we've always said that we're trying to show people how to do it, but they've really shown me. And then I also just wanted to thank you too for this beautiful journey and this wild ride we've been on in the past three years and everything that I've learned from Lovegood and from my job here and just from our friendship has been quite a joy Mm. and has really taught me and shaped me a lot. So I think it's high time we we go go. and get you and Garrett down to uh, Florida. Okay. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I'm there. Especially once this, what I hope becomes a complete redesign, but continuity with this studio. Mm-hmm. We've got a nice little space and I'm enjoying it, <laughs> but it just doesn't feel like enough right now, you know? Yeah. And uh, it'd be really, really fun to get you guys down there sooner than later. So let's make that happen. Okay. All right. See you, Marisol. Bye, Jimmy. Let's take our time, talk about the hard parts on green countrysides. If we can both discover what we need to find, I'll be. And I will be a navigator driving in the dark. And I will hold your hand if we lose touch of where we are. And grip you even tighter when it's pulling us apart. Let me be your guard Driving through the dark, through the dark, through the dark Driving through the dark, through the dark, through the dark Driving through the dark, through the dark, through the dark Driving through the dark I don't know how many of you have heard the new record from Need to Breathe. It's called End the Mystery. But one of the things that Bear and Bo Reinhardt Okay, the, the guys who started Need to Breathe, the brothers, they've done a great job of this through the years is earning the trust of their fans. And over and over and over again, they've reinvented themselves. They've reinvented their sound. And they've always turned to their fans and basically said, trust us. Trust us as we continue on this creative journey. And I think for them, that's deeply rooted in the faith, obviously. You can hear that in their lyrics. You can even watch that in their documentary. I think it's an amazing witness to the power of relationship, okay? So this is what I want to say thank you to all of you for, because you have trusted us time and time again, especially our patrons out there. You've trusted Lovegood when it went from Lovegood music to Lovegood culture, when we rebranded and relaunched and even had an apprenticeship program for three years. When we went from you know house concerts to me going out and, and speaking at conferences and bringing in this vision of evangelization through beauty really more and more into the forefront. Well, we are asking you to yet again, trust us as we transition into Love Good Academy, right? Love Good Academy, this premier formation platform for everyday Christians who want to be apostles of culture. For people like you and me who want to bring beauty to the forefront of their life, to the forefront of their lifestyle, and to captivate people all around them. Yes, with the music they listen to. Yes, with the the books they read, the movies they watch, even the artwork that they put up in their home. Yes, yes, and yes. But most importantly, with our lives. There's nothing more powerful than the beauty of holiness and the beauty of the saints. That's what captivates every generation and every era of human history. And that's what Love Good Academy is all about. So stay tuned because in exactly a month from now, we're going to launch season seven of the podcast. That's Tuesday, November 23rd. Okay, two days before Thanksgiving, we're launching season seven, which will be a massive introduction and invitation into Love Good Academy. It's going to be a 10-part, 10-episode season where we unpack, actually, it might even be 11 or 12, okay? So, so don't get too attached to the number 10. We will probably have upwards of 12 episodes in season seven that journey through what we call our 10 principles for the evangelization of culture, 10 principles 
really in the art of being human. Many of you were a part of our live stream retreats back at the outbreak, the initial outbreak of the coronavirus. This is not going to be foreign to so many of us who have been a part of this journey now for many, many years. We just want to get more systematic about it than ever before and really create a a curriculum, a, a strategy around this so that all of us with our family, alongside our friends, can embrace a way of life that will actually effectively evangelize this culture of noise, this culture of relativism, this culture that is moving more and more towards not only a a technocracy, but a soft totalitarianism. These are the kind of big things that we believe that beauty can slowly tear down, not in a violent way, but in in a captivating way. And again, most importantly, in how we live. So if you're fired up about that, just stay tuned. There's a lot coming. If you go right now to to our website, lovegoodculture.com, any of our social media, you'll you'll see very clearly that there's a timer and and it's going to count down until we get to the week of Thanksgiving and launch Love Good Academy. It'll immediately be available to all of our patrons. Those of you who aren't patrons, you'll have an opportunity to get on board. It'll probably be like a Black Friday deal. So just stay tuned for that. And know that we are so pumped about the future of Love Good. I'm actually recording this very outro to this episode in the brand spanking new studio down here in Palm Harbor, Florida. I had a temporary studio set up in my home, but now we have a studio that actually rivals, not only rivals, it it supersedes the size and the cool factor that we ever had in the studio in Nashville, which I'm really excited about. We'll start taking pictures. We'll get the word out. For those of you who live anywhere near Tampa, Florida, you need to come to the Love Good studio. It's actually right on the water. Did I mention that? We have an oceanfront view. It's really beautiful. I cannot wait to share it with so many of you. God bless. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of season six and many, many episodes that have preceded this one as well. It means the world to us. Thank you to our listeners, especially to our patrons. We'll see you in a few weeks. Again, Tuesday, November 23rd, the launch of season seven. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Love Good Podcast. Share this episode link on social media, leave us a review, and join our movement today by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. You'll start enjoying our premium content and seasonal packages that not only raise your standard for music, books, and art, but that also inspire you to evangelize culture through beauty. We can't wait to accompany you as you change the world.